listening to CITR Radio 101.9 FM, broadcasting from Unseen Musqueam Territory in Vancouver. These are your hosts, Ileana Sosa, and this is the Art Support with our darling reporters. Hello, guys. It's me, Lua. Hi, it's Margarita. Yeah. Uh, we're going to start off the kind of show with an interview by our Jawbone segment uh, by Jake Clark, so I hope you guys enjoy that, and then afterwards uh, we'll just talk a little bit about the interview, and then we'll talk about some spooky stuff, because it's Halloween! Mm. I did not dress up for Halloween, I'm just saying it now, <laughs> but some people have. And you could have lied, it's the right I know, I could have lied, but Oh I'm my like, god, your costume is so <laughs> sick! <laughs> I'm a true re- <laughs> reporter, and I only speak the truth. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're going to start off the segment with the uh, interview with Selena Carmont. I hope I said that right. Hope you enjoy. You're listening to The Jawbone on CITR 101.9 FM, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam territory of UBC's Point Grey campus. The interview segment curated by myself, Jake Clark, probably already knew that. What you probably didn't already know, however, is that our guest for this show is Selena Crammond, major coordinator with the Vancouver Podcast Festival, coming very soon uh, on the 8th to the 10th of November. Selena, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing really well. Thanks for asking. It's another sunny day in Vancouver outside. This is Monday. <laughs> for those for those who are listening to this on the 31st, this is two days ago. And in light of that, this is kind of interesting because this is going to air on the 31st. And I was, I was thinking there is some spooky content in PodFest this year, like politics in podcasting <laughs> and a lot of true crime programming. Mm-hmm. And some interesting stuff there. Are you guys working on a specific vein there? Is there a theme of fear throughout PodFest? Yeah, so basically the the theme of the podcast festival, our first inaugural podcast festival, is true crime, true justice. You know, I, I haven't really thought about it through the lens of fear necessarily, but uh, more looking at the genre of true crime and various podcasters who are working in that theme. Uh, and then the true justice component is looking at podcasting and working shops and, and various panels and whatnot through the lens of social justice because that's a corner been a cornerstone of the Doxa Documentary Film Festival for many years and we wanted to make sure that we were staying true to some of our values and commitment as a festival and, and make sure that those themes come out in the, the first podcast festival that we've been organizing. And you work with Doxa as well. Yeah, I'm the director of programming for Doxa Documentary Film Festival and Doxa the Film Festival is organized by the Documentary Media Society. So that's our technical nonprofit name, the Documentary Media Society. So we produce DOXA Festival, which happens every May. We're going into our 18th annual film festival in this upcoming May, 2019. So we've been around for 20 years, and uh, the same folks who run DOXA and produce DOXA decided that we would put together the Vancouver Podcast Festival in November as sort of a means to, to keep engaged with audiences throughout the year and explore themes uh, particularly related to nonfiction storytelling in the podcasting or audio audio based storytelling. The majority of podcasts are nonfiction podcasts. I don't know. 
is that, is that true? Are you asking me, or are you? I, I was asking. <laughs> that that would be my impression as a listener, but I know that there are fiction podcasts out there. Yeah, totally. And the line is always blurred, and we like to we like to play with that. And in our film programming, you know, what is truth and what is fiction? So yeah, I mean, I would agree. It is kind of leans towards like a classical nonfiction and you know, commentary. But you know, this this podcast festival, we do actually have a masterclass called Fiction Podcast Tricks, Hacks, and Fakery with Chris Kelly, who's a producer of This Is That and This Sounds Serious, which are, of course, radio shows slash podcasts that work in more of a satirical genre. So technically fiction, I guess, but playing with the idea of reality. And so we do, we have kind of cheated and are including a little bit of fiction. Well, that's kind <laughs> of the, the beauty of it, podcast. too. That's, that's yeah. a beauty of the medium, could say. Mm-hmm. And totally. I do notice in terms of audience engagement, there's also some live podcasting events. Yeah, so basically, for those who haven't seen the festival yet or seen our program yet, how we've structured it is, well, first of all, it's happening November 8th, 9th, and 10th, and it's sort of centered around three marquee events that are all happening at the Rio. So Thursday night, we're going to have the marquee event featuring Karina Longsworth from this You Must Remember This, who is an author and podcaster who looks at Hollywood crime. So she's going to be talking about her, her new book. So it's sort of like a conversation, a live conversation. And there's going to be on that same bill, the producer from Uncover, Escaping Nexium, which is the new CBC podcast about uh, the Nexium cult, which has a Vancouver connection. That's sort of our Hollywood and crime night out at the Rio on Thursday, on Friday at the Rio. We've Great got date night, someone really. Knows. Yeah, totally. And then on Friday at Someone Knows Something, which is another CBC podcast with In the Dark, which is a true crime, uh, criminal justice-focused podcast by Madeline Brand, who's a Peabody Award-winning journalist from the U.S. So she's going to be showing clips and talking about how she puts together her, her podcast uh, on Friday. So Friday's theme is sort of journalism and investigation and podcasting. And then on Saturday, November 10th, is our comedy night with uh, Retail Nightmares and Criminal Funny featuring This Sounds Serious and This Is That, Stop Podcasting Yourself. So those folks are putting together a live show of improvised true crime comedy. So that'll be a full-on on performance. All right, that sounds interesting. That sounds like some mm-hmm. quite an array of tones present there. And yeah, and different styles of, of performance and, and live presentations. I guess I have one final question, and this is sort of a small but trivial one. You formerly were a contributor to CITR. You've probably yeah. sat by the same equipment with which I'm recording this <laughs> now. I just want to know if that has informed your experience with podcasting and putting uh, these things I mean, together. I worked at CITR as a Canadian content coordinator many years ago. Uh, just running a radio show, mostly playing music and doing a few interviews with artists and that sort of thing. But previous to that, I'd worked at the CBC and CJSF radio. So I do have a love of audio and uh, radio storytelling, obviously. And then, of course, having worked at DOXA many years, um, or a few years anyway, it's just been a great opportunity to learn all the logistics of putting together an event. You know, everybody who works here, board and staff, are really, really skilled and great organizers. So, yeah, that's that's kind of how, why we decided to put together the pod fest. Not sure if my experience at CITR directly influenced it, but uh, you know, it all accumulates, and 
I had a really great time working at CITR in the old studio there. Mm-hmm. What, what would be the one event apropos of that love of audio that you should definitely see? If you can only check out one, like what's the thing that you need to go to? That's a hard question. I don't know if I can answer it because there's so much uh, variety and being the nature of live events, it's hard to know how they're how they're going to go down. So, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for all the marquee events. I've been listening to Uncover Escaping Nexium like mad, so I'm excited to meet uh, the character in that podcast and see them live. I'm also really excited for the, the Retail Nightmares and Criminal Funny Night. I think that'll be yeah. a really unique, unique, unique um, evening because they're putting together a special performance just for the podcast. So I don't know. It's all going to be great. And we, of course, have um, tons of free programming over at VPL on the new levels, 8 and 9. So we're using their brand new theater and um, community spaces for some free panel events and local performances or live performances from local podcasters. So so that That'll be great, and we've got a couple of parties that we're planning for pass holders, so I do encourage people to uh, get their passes so that they can join us in meeting some of these podcasters at the special events and parties. And you can find that on the website, right, for Vancouver Podcast Festival. Yeah, so it's vanpodfest.ca. All right, vanpodfest.ca, November 8th to 10th. Check it out. Check out some awesome spooky... I really should have brought that one around. Some spooky (laughs) programming, some spooky true crime. I'm going to stop doing this now. Selena, (laughs) thank you very much for your patience for my bizarre Boris Karloff impression. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. And have a good time at PodFest. Thanks. Hope to see you there. So that was awesome because I actually really love podcasts. (laughs) I dearly love them so very very much is are you guys listening to any like really interesting podcasts right now i'm not really a podcast person like i try to be one but at the same time i don't know there's something about just being on the bus that i end up sleeping and not actually listening to the music (laughs) that or like whatever i'm listening to yeah yeah so it hasn't worked for me really well yeah, I agree. I like podcasts when I run, but I don't run that much. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an incentive. I I have to listen. I like listen to podcasts even if I'm not like on a bus or anything. I'll just be walking somewhere to class and I'll just be just listening like to content. it in my ear. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Just that's good. That's good. Like people should do that. I'm a terrible person for <laughs> doing that. <laughs> well, maybe you just haven't found that one podcast where you're just like yeah. super into. Exactly. It's yeah. like. It's like every Maybe. other thing you have to go through a lot to find what really meshes with you. And then, yeah. <laughs> but you really wanted to talk to us about... Oh, yeah. Because uh, since we were talking about podcasts, I want to plug in some podcasts because I love mm. them so very much. <laughs> uh, number one, uh, if you guys heard yesterday, uh, I finished one of the episodes uh, from the Fake Ghost Tours, which is a Vancouver comedy duo that are twin brothers oh, I yeah. put like parentheses <laughs> on these twin brothers um, and they uh, go they out they don't have the same last name they do not have the same <laughs> last name um, and uh, I, they put out one of their episodes that I, w- I was listening to just walking around uh, it's for Gastown specifically uh, you go down to da- ba- uh, Gastown if you want to do like a ghost tour but don't have the money for it, which is honestly That's all awesome. of us. <laughs> uh, you can just download this for free and just plug it into your um, headphones, 
go out and just like listen and go to these like places to go check it out in Gastown. Like they do uh, the Steam Claw, Gassy Jack statue, some of the restaurants, and kind of talk about them. That's um, so cool. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool. The uh, only thing I would say though is that these are definitely. N- I don't know if you could like cite this as like a fact because <laughs> they are a comedy thing. It's all like very parody. Like, um, it's very very funny and like really they're they just like feed off each other very well. So it's really good. I hope they put out more because I kind of like uh, the I like the knowing where all the things are. Uh, and I could just go visit there sometime, yeah. <laughs> and it's like really funny. Um, What's the name again? It's uh, the Fake Ghost Tour. Um, you can get it on it's on Apple Podcast, so you can get it there. Uh, we also, if you look at our Facebook page, I put up uh, a pa- a little post about it so that people could go check it out. Uh, so that's also there if you are like, I can't find it on Apple Podcasts. It's also on our Facebook page, so you can go check it out. It's really, really fun. Um, gets you, like, a little bit of knowing of history. Of not really history, <laughs> I yeah. wouldn't say that. But, it, like, it makes you feel like you kind of, like, know Gastown a little bit more, even if you, like, don't know any facts. <laughs> You're like, it's oh, yeah, feeling. this is where that person died, or this is where that person became a giant mecha uh, robot. <laughs> That's definitely what happened. <laughs> For sure. That's, and then, like, anyone who asks, any tourist that comes up to you and, like, asks you about it, you could be like, oh, yeah, that's where uh, giant mecha... <laughs> monsters kept hidden <laughs> that's where we hide them so yeah it's really fun uh another kind of podcast i would recommend uh this uh this is just a personal favorite uh the Pen- penumbra podcast uh they do a lot of cool um video uh, uh audio uh stories uh specifically they do one of my favorites ones uh, uh juno steel um, and he, uh, does, um, he's, he's like a private investigator in Mars, so he has, like, that sci-fi noir style. Uh, it's really, really good. Uh, it's just, like, a, a lot of fun. Uh, so that's, like, one of the stories that goes on in it, and then another kind of story that they have with it is, um, is, uh, the... Um, they have like like little side stories that they do, so that's also really really good. Um, yeah, so you can like choose to follow the main story. And I personally follow kind of the main story because I'm a huge fan of noir podcasts. So a lot of my podcast style is that. But uh, they also do kind. Of, it's they do like the cases that uh, Juno Steele has to do is kind of scary in its own right. Um, their season two just came out and it's like really good. Uh, so definitely check those out. Um, other than that, I mean, there's so many podcasts. Yeah. I can talk about. <laughs> Almost all of them are noir style, though, because <laughs> that's like my thing. I love no- like noir style oh, stuff. Oh, actually, there is one podcast that I started listening to, and then it got really intense, and I kind of stopped um, because it was about it is about these. Um, okay, I can't. I'm probably I forgot the name i'm gonna get back to you guys next week with the correct name (laughs) but it's basically about um it's interviewing parents 
okay i listened to one episode and i finished that episode and i loved it and i told myself i was gonna listen to more but it kind of like really got to me because it's like it's really heavy themes because um the specific episode i listened to it was interviewing the parents of this um person this child who killed his stepfather oh wow because he was schizophrenic and went undiagnosed mm-hmm. um and then with and it also is a, com- a huge commentary on gun control in america because he had access to gun control that he shouldn't have had and anyway um and it's talking about it's like the other children like their couples other children and the mother talking about what happened and like from their perspective and like the other episodes are also related to um either incarcerated people or like related to that so it's like it's super heavy but it's like like, it's super intense and but it's like uh it's a perspective that you don't usually see because the media will usually erase that that narrative from the inside of the home to create whatever character they want for yeah, that yeah, person that perpetrator yeah so it's like it's, it's, it's intense, intense because then. you kind of like you know what they had you from at the beginning of the podcast you know what they did but at the same time you create this bond as a mother describes their child you know like yeah, yeah. growing up and you see the signs at, like as a uh, as a mother as the mother sees the hindsight of the signs as well so it's 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 intense yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds very intense but it's like something people like are really enjoy like as like jake was talking about in his interview like true crime is like a huge thing yeah. so like this is even more um we're gonna go right back uh come back back we're gonna do some ads and psas and then after that we're gonna have a really interesting interview and i hope you guys come back and enjoy it okay talk to you in a bit Hey, UBC students, love doing arts and crafts or just making things in general? We've got you covered. The AMS Print Club works to bring you crafts from different cultures, backgrounds, and decor styles. We aim to bring about cultural and environmental awareness through the arts and crafts. Check out our Facebook page, Print Arts and Crafts, or email us at printartscraftsclub at gmail.com for more details. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. Hey, we're back. Uh... We are here joined by... Uh, Carol Mayer. Carol Mayer. So, yes, we uh, have uh, Carol Mayer in the studio today. She's uh, one of the organizers, or you are the or- the organizer? Yep, it's yep. a collaborative. <laughs> so, uh, the organizer here in MOA for uh, a new uh, exhibition right. that's going to be open tomorrow, mm-hmm. Marking the Infinite, mm-hmm. and it's going to showcase how many Aboriginal artists? Nine. Nine Aboriginal artists from uh, all female. All female. Uh, Australian Aboriginal. That's and right. There's going to be 61 pieces, mostly yep. paintings. One weaving. 
One weaving. One Exciting. Solid, solitary weaving. Whoa. I know. Oh, I love, I love, I love uh, seeing more kind of like weaving artistry because I feel like that's not a lot shown of it. No. And so weaving, weaving isn't usually coupled with, you know, fine art. Right. It's usually put to one side. And this particular weaving has a story because there were seven of them. And the women that work in this show, one of the things that's really obvious when you start looking at their work is that there's no borders in their world. And their work is painted on the ground. So there's no up, no right way up to look at it. There's no edges, there's no straight lines, nothing. And the reason we only have one weaving as opposed to seven is because six of them had feathers on them. And the feathers couldn't get across, guess what, our border. So (laughs) I find that really interesting that a culture that has no borders is stopped by our border, as it turns out. But we do have one with no feathers. Yeah, and also kind of paradoxical with representing nature. And then because it is a natural material, Mm -hmm. it has to be stopped. Absolutely. And it's not endangered. It's just on a list. Whatever that means. It's a list. A very common parrot. I'm sure the parrot doesn't want to be called the common parrot. But <laughs> if you're in Australia, they are everywhere. They're not endangered at all. But they, when they're on a list, something happens at the border and you have to take a chance and we weren't willing to mm. stop the whole shipment. Of Otherwise, course. I'd have a minimalist show, which is less interesting mm. than what we have now. I say nothing. So, yeah. But the other thing is uh, there is a whole series of canvases in there that is about weaving. Mm. The artist is a weaver, a very famous weaver and she saw the weaving disappearing um, you know because there was no call for it they were being taught and so she decided to paint her weavings and so she paints mats and fishing nets and that type of thing in pattern so within that she is reteaching the young ones the importance of weaving so she's literally taken weaving and made it a fine art and one of the biggest pieces in the show, which is over eight feet wide, is a weaving of what's called a sun mat. And as you stand looking at it, it's circular. You are drawn further and further into it. It takes you into infinity. It's huh. an amazing piece. You have to see it. I will see it tomorrow. I will you be there in will. the media tour. Oh, are you? Perfect. Yes. Okay. Well, we also have with us um, two artists from Australia. From, uh, who are Aboriginal artists. One is a filmmaker, Ismail Marika, and the other one is um, a Bach painter and an elder and a singer. And his, um, his name is Wukun Nembambi. And he, um, they're both here, and they are going to honour the women tomorrow night. Because one of the questions that would be asked is, why have you got two men, hmm. you know, in a in an exhibition it's yeah. all about women <laughs> but in actuality the women are matriarchs of their areas uh, they are healers and they live mainly in the bush I mean by that I mean outside of the the cities yes uh, English is probably their fifth or sixth language maybe or not at all and they certainly don't travel so getting anybody here was not was not an option and the two Aboriginal artists were uh, coming on their way to Virginia and we persuaded them to come up from Los Angeles mm. so they could sing the women's song, the women's paintings into existence Wow! in honour of them. So they'll be doing that tomorrow night. That's amazing. It is, yeah. It is. Do it's these wonderful. women know what's happening with their art? Are they in the loop? Yep. And in fact, some of them say that they want to share their art with the world 
because um, you know they want the world to understand that indigeneity is relative everywhere. And so one of the artists, a woman called Golumbu, paints the stars and the heavens. And in her writings or talk when she's talking, she says, you know, we all live under these same stars. So we're not really different. The stars are protecting all of us. Mm. So we all have to get along. And they make these statements and you think are living out in the in the bush and not really exposed to the greater world and yet they are. They're totally in touch with the greater world. But I think the world is kind of like fractalic in a way that it's all microcosmos of, of the same totally. phenomena. Yeah. So even if she would meet, even if these women would meet somebody from the next town over, mm-hmm. that, is, that is the essence of that, of that experience totally. of meeting a stranger. Yeah, so totally. you don't have to venture far to understand that. No. And as they, uh, as they walk the land, uh, everything you see, the rocks, the flowers, everything, are places where the ancestors have walked. Mm. And as you walk along, you sing and you sing them back into existence. Mm. So you keep the world there by singing them into existence. That's called the song line. We've heard that. And dreaming in Australia is the dreaming is the stories, uh, the clan stories, the ancestral stories that are passed down and down and down and down. So as long as you can sing the story, you're in territory. And when you can't sing it anymore or you don't know the words, you're not in territory anymore. It's uh, interesting. There are no borders. And there are no borders in the paintings. Uh, when you see one of the women artists sitting on the floor and she just starts painting that with a dot and a dot and a dot and thousands of dots later, literally, this eight foot wide painting. And she just moves around the canvas. And when you look at her work, she tells you that each of those dots is the flower of the plum bush and that uh, each of those flowers and the plum bush is where the ancestors reside because the bush is on their land. But when you stand back, what you're looking at is the infinite. It's like looking up at millions and millions of stars. Wow. And you, in the gallery, we have actually put meditation chairs in front of these giant works so that you can just sit there and let them, let them take you wherever you want to go. That is amazing. Has it that is been done amazing. Before? Hmm? Has that been done before, placing meditation chairs? Never at Moa, no, not that I know of. I mean, people do meditate, don't they? And I just today was talking to them in language to work out the uh, Yongu language so that we can say at the entrance of the gallery, between 12 and 1 o'clock, this is a place of calmness. And uh, so they have the two words that mean place and one that means a calm. And so in that time, it's a calm place where you can go and just be. And how do you convey that to the visitors? It's going to be right outside the door. As hmm. you come in, it just say from 12 to 1, this is a house of calmness. And it's up to you, you know, just to be calm. You can sit in a meditation chair. You can sit in one of the easy chairs that are there. That's very interesting, kind yeah. of um, impregnating the, the space, the sterile space where art is usually just presented mm-hmm. with life of its own. You bet. Yeah. We also were really lucky. I uh, went out on a limb and I asked um, this wonderful guy called Will Stubbs who runs one of the outstations in Australia where some of the artists go in mm. and they sit on the veranda and that's where they paint. And I said, is there any chance you could get somebody to do a short video just saying welcome? You know, welcome 
to this place, to this art, and he did. And they got it like two days ago, and it's one minute long, <laughs> and we just installed it today, and she's sitting right by her own art, and nice. it says, you know, welcome. Welcome to my work. This is about my work, and it's just a minute. Nice. So it, it uh, I think that one of the things I felt very strongly about with this exhibition is that also when you leave, that you leave with women's words. Um, because so often in museums and galleries, it's somebody else talking about the work. True. Not that it isn't scholarly or interesting and so forth, but very often the artist is creating work that there's really no words for. So others come in and create you know, the impression of what I see here is, I don't know, that type of thing. Well, the artist, maybe not. So what does the artist have to say? And I create a little uh, publication that goes with the exhibit called In Her Words, and that's it's about her, her words, and a tiny piece of her art, which is what she would have seen as she sat and painted. She doesn't see the whole thing. If you think about it, when you're painting, you only see this one bit. And so this book will enable you to go away and see what she sees when she's painting, and these are her words. So it was uh, sort of different to do that, to take, uh, you know, to extract, in a way, all of the, the, the material I had just about the women, so that you could take that away. Yeah, make it more about them, their perspective. It's all about their perspective, and their perspective is stunning. Uh, because uh, they're not looking down at the earth, they're not looking up at the sky. There's no difference between the two. It's all one. You, when you go from physical to spiritual, uh, where's where's the line? You know, challenge you to find it. <laughs> that's <laughs> inspiring. You know, and so that they don't see the line. And so when they're on land, um, they know the land they're on is where their ancestors were before them. So when they paint the land, and they just might be wavy lines, when you look at it, you can almost see the line shimmer as though the ancestors are there. Hmm. And they is painted to look like that. I it's, like it's the, you, it seems like the exhibit has like a multitude of stages from like, like the art itself to like uh, the videos and mm -hmm. then the books that you're giving, you're kind of mm -hmm. going across like a, a many different platforms mm -hmm. of art, which I think is very interesting. Was that kind of the intention to just try do everyone, every kind of way of reaching in uh, the audience itself? It's not how it arrived. The, the exhibition arrived just with the art and the copy. Uh, we added the videos and we added the book. Um, and we also added the environment. So the environment came from a long series of conversations about uh, when you look at this art, what are the words that come to mind? You know, when you look at it and you say, uh, it's, uh, uh, is it transparent? Is it uh, hard to get at? Is it about portals? Is it about journeys? Although, you know, when you look at a piece of art, and so that, started to inform how the gallery would look and then we looked at everything we could see about the environment in Australia to pull the colours hmm. from that to the gallery but it's not environmental colours you know it's not ochres and greens and those things it's quite what different then? purple really <laughs> yeah uh, there's one that's looks black but it's actually dark blue hmm. and but these are colours in the environment but they're not actual 
What do you mean? Well, there's just um, uh, a sensibility. When you look at the art and you look at the environment and you, you try and think about how that art would look, what, would, what colours, what part of the environment would actually pull that art away from the wall? Hmm. And white isn't the answer. And I can just imagine every contemporary artist is leaping up and down hysterically now because there's no white box. The white box is dead. It has been for a long time. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I, I lose the plot when it comes to what's dead and you know, inside and outside the box and all that business. Mm-hmm. Um, but in other places, it's been shown as a white. Hmm. And that's, pretent- to me, a bit pretentious because uh, it's making this statement, this is art. Well, you don't have to make the statement. It just is. And that's what the women would say. You know, why are you, why are you getting so deep and, in, you know, deep and intense about this? It just is. It just is the sky. It is lightning. And when lightning hits rock and the spray comes up, that's the moment between what is real, what we think is real and what we think is sacred. Hmm. That, that, that moment. And that's what you see in the art. And this exhibition has arrived from, it was showcased in, in uh, the States. Yep. And now it's coming here. Yep. It's the only stop. It's the last stop. After this, it just goes back to the collector. How did people. this uh, connection happen between MOA, MOA oh. and this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew the original curator that did the exhibition. Mm-hmm. And we just, I can't remember where, but you know, you have a conversation. He said, I've got this exhibition traveling. Mm-hmm. And then he said, contemporary, oh, it's interesting. Women, oh, that's interesting. Austria, oh, that's really interesting. <laughs> Can I have a look at it? And, <laughs> and uh, you know, he sent me the, the, the prospectus for it. Yep. And I just thought, you know, it's the right time. It's the right time to bring this in. Um, and I'm really, really happy we did because it was preceded uh, by Arts of Resistance, which was a very different exhibition, but a lot about women too. Mm. And the one before that was on the Salish women, Salish weavings, which brought, literally repatriated, if you will, Salish weavings from all over the world back to Moa. So it just seems we, are, we seem to be on a woman thing. <laughs> the moment I mean we not totally yeah I know but it's um, you know and people say well, don't push that too much don't say you know it's all women's art and all the rest of it and I think well it's the first that we've done so why not push it yeah and these women literally came onto the international stage in the late 80s before that they were totally unknown they would help their husbands or you know be raising children they'd be living their lives and then they came to the these outstations and they were just the people working there said, Well, here's some paper paper, here literally, I'm not kidding, paper people sat and they started to draw. And they only draw what they allow you to see. So you're not seeing you're not really seeing sacred. You're seeing what they will let you see. Huh. And then a couple of curators boogied in, you know, saw it and went <laughs> and the rest is history. And literally the the works burst onto the market hmm. and now the women in this particular show all of them are internationally well known and, awesome. <laughs> and and yet when you talk when uh you talk they talk uh being internationally well known is interesting i suppose but it doesn't really mean anything if you're secluded and you're living yeah it's all about family yeah all about community so anything that comes back goes back into family and community they haven't become rich they don't ride, drive cars they haven't <laughs> You know, they don't wear Jimmy Choo shoes or anything like that. They just, they just say, that's good. And it just goes back into the community. Because it's not, um, what did Will Stubbs say? He said that uh, these are really wise women. Mm. 
who are not interested in materiality. That's just not interesting to them. Uh, they're interested in letting the world know that there are many ways of seeing the world, hmm. not just one. It's an amazing exhibit. You have to come. I'm going to be there if you're invited. Yeah, like, mm -hmm. I'm super into this. So the exhibition so is opening tomorrow? Yep. Um, From 7 to 10 p.m. Yeah, the opening. opening yeah. tomorrow, yeah. Yes, I will be there, luckily, uh, happily, in the media tour. Mm -hmm. And um, how long is this exhibit going on for? We close this March 31st. Okay, so... And as an addendum, in March, uh, the other thing we've got at the museum uh, are sculptures from contemporary uh, women artists in Australia that are made of ghost nets, which oh. are the fishing nets they dragged ashore, abandoned by fishing fleets hmm. that are all over the world at the moment killing uh, sea mammals. And uh, they pull them ashore, take out the dead animals, and then from the nets they create sculptures of the animals that killed them. So oh, it's wow. kind of w an interesting cycle. And we have two of these at the museum, a 12-foot hammerhead shark and a turtle, giant oh, turtle. Wow. And three of the artists are coming in March to have workshops and to talk about uh, their work it's kind with of them. It's eerie. It is eerie. It, it is, but they want... Not in a bad way. They want the world to know this isn't a local matter, it's a global matter. Definitely. You know, but if you live on an island of 400 people, that's what you know. Hmm. And what you see is if fish life de depleted, the coral reefs are being wrecked, because these fishing nets just you know, are dragged across the, the bottom. And when they cut them, the reason they call them ghost nets is because they hang vertically in the water and the fish can't see them. You know, they, they just swim into them. And then they just get caught and they die. And then uh, they get, you know, they get dragged ashore by the islanders. Yeah, that's an environmental issue. I had no idea about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, should, I guess we they shouldn't abandon them. When you go into like the, go into this kind of art gallery, it seems like you'll you'll kind of learn a lot of things that you usually wouldn't know because uh, these are voices mm -hmm. that aren't really shown a lot. I think. That's yeah. so true. So mm -hmm. this will be a, this will be a great exhibit to go check out. Yeah. I'm sure everyone should go check it out. And yeah. it's coming, still coming t uh, tomorrow, mm -hmm. and then it's going to be here until March. That's yes, right. Mark and the Infinite, mm -hmm. uh, the Museum of Anthropology here on campus. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming. You're welcome. Yeah, it was such a really yeah. interesting. Like, every, like we were really all like inspiring. really quiet, just like listening to you. Cause <laughs> we were just so into what you were saying. But I'm running back because the two artists, one of them is a filmmaker, and tonight he's showing his ghost film at the museum. Ooh from 6.30 to 7.30 and um, you get Halloween candies so if you hate Halloween and you want to go somewhere interesting come to Moa <laughs> what is this ghost movie? it's called Golpa and it's the story well I, you have to come see <laughs> it's an well, aboriginal film yeah. uh, about a ghost intriguing mm -hmm. yeah. thank you thank so you much so again much. you're very welcome well, we're going to do some ads and PSAs and then we'll come back to you with some reviews and some giveaways so see you guys in a bit Without the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca.
In the words of Henry David Thoreau, it's not what you look at that matters, it's what you see. Multicultural Ministries is a national, cross-Canada, non-profit organization that runs temple tours and gives unique perspectives into different religions from around the world, including Buddhism, Sikhism, and Islam. To find out more about them, the tours they offer, or to book one, please visit templetour.weebly.com. Hello, and we're right back into here. Uh, we have some giveaways! Woo! Who doesn't love giveaways? I mean, come on, they're like... They're free. They're free. They're free. <laughs> uh, so just in case people don't know how to do these giveaways. So there's two ways that you can do this. Uh, we have, you can call the CITR line. Uh, we are 604-822-2487. Uh, and then, you can, so you can call into on air and we'll be able to uh, set up something with you with uh, the free tickets. Or if you're a little radio shy, we also have our Facebook page where you can message us there. And uh, the first people that message us will will get those free tickets. So what are those free tickets for? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for Sound that. Sound <laughs> um, I don't want to say this wrong, so. <laughs> oh, I'll say it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a show called Aquarela do Brasil. Yeah. And? It's um, <laughs> it, it seems to be uh, a music and dance uh, and a celebration of Okay, it. so the actual full name is Aquarela do Brasil, an explosive celebration of music and dance. So as you're guessing, like music and dance. <laughs> and they will um, do Bossa, Bossa Nova. Uh, well, nice. They'll talk about... Well, not talk about, sorry. <laughs> they will play Bossa Nova music. Um, as a celebration of its 60th anniversary of the birth of it. Although I feel that that could be questioned because can music really be born on a single year, you know? <laughs> <laughs> we can certainly see if it does. Uh, but it's coming, it's, it's access on, is on November 8th and 9th uh, at 8 p.m. at the Vancouver Playhouse. Uh, so we have two, two tickets yeah. uh, for giveaways. Uh, on, sorry, <laughs> lights came up for November 8th. That is the opening night, and that is a Thursday oh. next week. So and do we have a uh, caller? Hello? And we Hello? Hello? Maybe caller? we have a caller? And like... <laughs> we're trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, uh, while Liliana is trying to figure that out, I'll talk Hello. more a little bit about it. Yeah. Um, so. Hello. Hello. Oh, there you are. Oh, are we there? There we go. Perfect. Hi. I love the bossa nova. <laughs> you love the bossa nova? <laughs> I totally love the bossa nova. Oh, and you're interested in getting those tickets. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, why don't you tell the kind of listeners uh, who are getting those tickets? Uh who it is, Deborah? Oh, nice to meet you, Deborah. Nice yeah, to meet you. You'll be able to get those two tickets um, from us. Uh, you will just uh, kind of message you on our Facebook page, if that's okay, and we'll set up the kind of uh, email for those tickets. Nice Actually, job. I don't have Facebook. I hope you enjoy it. She doesn't have Facebook. No, oh, no. oh, you don't have Facebook. Sorry. Um, she can we email can, us. Yeah, you can email us and we'll uh, get those tickets to you. And our email is? Our email is at arts 
at citr.ca. Uh, we also um, have it on our CITR website as well. I could be too close to the radio. Hang on. At CITR? Arts at citr.ca is our email. And if you just email us saying, hello, this is Deborah from the... Uh, from the giveaway, we will be able to forward you all the information you need. Cool. And you just like really shot off the bat. (laughs) You must really love. (laughs) I do. I love both of them. It's like one of my favorite music festivals. Awesome. And they're actually going to do a a lot of different styles within Bossa Nova, which is actually really exciting. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's just great. And now I'm going to have a problem picking a friend to go, but still. (laughs) I'm sure you'll find lots of friends who are interested. Well, that's the problem. Who's going to fight for the (laughs) You can do like a little competition. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nice job getting those tickets. I hope you enjoy the show. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you for calling. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye. Oh, I wanted those tickets. Wow. Those tickets got... That was That fast. was fast. Honestly, nice job, Deborah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great... I was going to post about the giveaway if no one called on air, but I can't even post it anymore because it's gone. <laughs> I love her. Because <laughs> that, that's literally me. <laughs> like, anytime giveaway, I'm just like right there. <laughs> so I definitely feel that. Well, those tickets are gone, uh, but you definitely can get those tickets uh, just... You'll have to purchase them, but it's definitely worth it, definitely, because honestly, yeah, I mean, Brazilian it's music not so- and dance. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not. Um, it's a rhythm that people are like, oh, it's not really for. Like it is an older generation music, but it's so current. It's like they have beautiful, um, not only like just chilling music like you just can listen to it and it's like this beautiful music but they also have so much political music as well within Mm. bossa nova so yeah it's like it is music for everyone and it's so calming it's the kind of music that you can actually listen to all day every day and you don't get tired of it at least i don't get tired of it it's my favorite genre as well i know what i'm gonna (laughs) i guess we have i guess we have to get those tickets um well uh, we also have some reviews um, and some. Actually, we have. Well, we'll get those reviews later, mostly because it's me just talking about things I like. Uh, but uh, Marguerite has uh, a really awesome thing you can do for Halloween. Yeah, I want to share with you guys that I'm uh, volunteering at organizing uh, Masquerade this Friday. We had, I think, 150 or. Yeah, I think we had 150 tickets total, and we have nine left. And let me tell you a little bit about this event, because I'm so excited. <laughs> so this yes, is please tell me. kind I love of like masquerades. a burner event, if you know about burners. No, I, I do don't. So if you all. want to explain it to us, <laughs> I would love to. So like the burner community is based on 10 principles, and some of those principles are radical self-inclusion and radical self-expression and consent and Im- immediacy and all these other amazing things that our community is based on. And what I love about the Burner community is that it celebrates um, creativity and you can always do whatever comes to mind, however silly or gigantic or ridiculous it is. And everybody's just going to support your crazy idea and you're actually going to do it. 
and this event is going to be kind of like 20s occult secret societies Ooh. kind of like hp lovecraft vibe Ooh. so yeah it's gonna be hella pimped it's gonna be in the metro hall um am i saying it right metro hall you're talking to like two yeah like <laughs> two <we're> orders <laughs> two what? We're, we're, i think all of us here are not originally from canada no, oh, we okay, are okay, okay. So. i thought i was i was uh, i know you look, towards of you. Me. you look towards me and i would normally be like thank you but i definitely do not know okay but around some if you could tell the name of the vet, maybe that would help. Yeah, it's in Metro Town, and I will post the link on our Facebook page. If you guys want, there are some tickets left, and it's going to be really, really cool and pimped, and everybody's going to be dressed up. You can dress up, too, if you want. You don't have to. There's going to be a costume contest with judges, and there's also going to be, like, subcategories where people would be giving uh, tokens to the person who most fits that category. So, like... Mm. oh gosh I don't remember any of them but they're so funny like uh, just think of them just like random ones very like, random ones uh, best uh, alien sticking out a body part yeah I guess something like <laughs> or like um, cause there are a lot I'm like I know this, that sounds like a very specific <laughs> no, 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 but, but that, like I've seen so like many the costumes theme. <laughs> of just exactly, like exactly kind of like random alien, things the alien popping out of the chest cause it's kind of kind of easy to do it uh, is easy to do i mean he, wait wait, wait he, but don't get me off track <laughs> because i will anyways so i i know a few things i know that it's going to be an open bar because one of the the principles of the burning community is uh decommer uh yes you did it so once you are once you get the ticket you are a member you get everything for free we're going to do a lot of like re- really crazy colorful shots it's going to be really cool the entrance is going to be like a fake flower shop. So I'm going to be checking memberships from 7 to 8. So I will be there like a flower, uh, like a person that works in a flower shop. You definitely flowers. look like a person that looks like a florist. <laughs> I like that. Thank you. <laughs> and awesome music, awesome people, chill out spaces. Come if you want to have a really amazing time and dress up and uh, meet awesome people. Burner community is very friendly and inclusive. You can always start conversation with whoever you want. If you want to touch somebody, please ask for consent, even if it's a hug. And that's it. Uh, Masquerade uh, Ball this Friday. Come if you feel like it. I will post it on Facebook. That's it. That's it for me. It sounds really cool. I love Masquerade Balls especially. I love dressing up. I'm hooked on it. I know. I mean, Halloween is all about dressing up. Although it is Halloween today, and I didn't dress yeah. up. Yeah, so it's like ah. Oh. Yeah, I saw like a lot of people dressed up today, and it was yeah, really it was good. Yeah, so cool. I it's a lot, but it's not really a lot. If you quantify like percentage, it okay, was like maybe two yes. percent, right? But like a lot of people were just dressed up as like the sad college student, which I was like, same. <laughs> That's that? my costume. <laughs> it's just regular me. Oh, you're, you're killing it. Sad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's that nihilistic humor coming in. <laughs> uh, I know that I saw, like, on Snapchat, someone uh, dressed up as an eye clicker. Oh, my God. So that's so funny. I don't get it. Eye is a little thing that if you go to, like, you have big lectures here at UBC, you have to have. It's basically, like, this remote control 
that is connected to your account and like the professor will put a question on the board and it's like a b c d and you have to click on a b c d and then he'll see your answer to know if you got it right if you're in there like yeah Yeah, it's kind of like an interactive yeah (laughs) and it's very expensive and you might use it for like one class and then you're done like i bought mine for like 50 dollars. i use it for one class first year and i'm done yeah no it's ridiculously (laughs) expensive which is why it's hilarious someone drew dressed up as it because it's like damn i wish that were me <laughs> yeah one of those things that was just like so genius how did you even think about that <laughs> and that's so that's like one of my favorite ones that i saw nice um i also saw a lot of people dressed up in like those like onesie outfits that are like animals yeah that's the i best. saw those are like those are pretty pretty good uh i love that for festivals too because you d- you don't get cold but you're bedazzled <laughs> you're like i'm yes. costumed <laughs> up i'm just very cozy costume super cozy so that's like a thing. <laughs> uh, My onesie back home is so fluffy that every time I walk around with it, and this is true, I do not lie, people ask me if they can touch me because it's so, <laughs> so, so, so fluffy. My roommate got one, and I keep hugging her because she's so soft. <laughs> um, my boyfriend has two onesies. One's a gingerbread man, and the other is a Pikachu. That's gingerbread so man! Good. But can you imagine an overgrown man in a Pikachu <laughs> costume? <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> we went to the UBC, and he was dressed as Pikachu. And everyone, like, we were walking down the street, and everyone was like, hey, Pikachu. And he'd be like, hey, dude. <laughs> I, I love Epic. those costumes. I like them. Ah, uh, so good. I Keep it in you... mind that he's six foot th- three. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> can, can I get that in metric, please? Like, 191. <laughs> Thank you. 191. Well, yeah, funny. like, yeah. <laughs> it's a tall <laughs> Pikachu. Uh, definitely not a Pikachu you want to like find alone. <laughs> I should have dressed up as Ash though. Oh, you right, should. right. Yeah. <laughs> or, just, or just like any like Pokemon Go trainer. Oh, I should dress like the one with the really long hair, the bad one, the bad girl, like the Ooh. the evil, evil. evil? Yeah, oh, with the really long purple hair. Oh, that would have been good. She's kind of cute. I like Jigglypuff. Is Jigglypuff the one that makes everybody fall asleep? Yes, yes. And then gets <laughs> angry that everyone is falling asleep and, and rubs <laughs> their faces, which is like such a move. <laughs> That is amazing. Well, that's yeah. it for today. <laughs> we got uh, sidetracked in there. Yeah. Halloween it's sidetracked, Pokemon, though, so it's okay. Pokemon, it's Halloween. It's like two of my favorite nerdy things. <laughs> um, so that's kind of the end of our show. Uh, we'll see you guys next Wednesday. We'll have a really awesome interview that I'm sure you guys will be really interested in hearing. And then we'll do some more reviews or maybe just talk about stuff that we like. Who knows? The uh, future is uncertain. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, see you guys later. Have Bye-bye. a happy happy Halloween. Halloween. Everyone do like scary noises now. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs>